Love that last bit. Love that last bit. Here we go. We are back in the recording studio in Brighton. And for the first time this series, the sun is shining. It is a beautiful day here in Sussex. And we are welcoming into the studio Sam Rogers of Visa UK. Sam, welcome to the Foy and Jones Show. Welcome to Brighton. You travelled down yesterday evening, mate. Yeah, came down last night. Uh, I was in Chelsea yesterday, so came down last night. And, uh, yeah, beautiful. Beautiful day today. I mean, this this is a guy that knows his postcode. So so you live you live in Shakespeare's Manor. He, he shakes, yeah. sh- you live in Stratford upon Avon. Uh, I do like that Shakespeare and Hathaway series, by the way. Which I do. Okay, yeah, it's I find it a too, very yeah. easy watch. It's it's completely right. It's complete. It's complete fiction, but it's yeah. an easy watch and I can zone out. But beautiful, beautiful part of the world. I mm. used to uh, used to spend a lot of time there in my in my salary days working as a juice and sales director with our head office in Binley. We had yep. a lot of mm. meetings in Stratford and we often, Sam, and you may have seen us over the years, which is not a good thing, but it's often a stop-off on the way to like a Birmingham away game or a Villa away game. Yeah. You get you get a lot of away fans kind of stop there before the final leg into, yeah. in, into the second city. But we've got lots to talk about today. Producer Charlie is with us. And amazingly, Charlie, we're at episode 17. Episode 17. And we're going to be talking about getting back to business. And I think that's got a really good flavour for what you're doing with your company because you're back in the UK and I'm going to nick this little lyric from Take That. You're back for good this time. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely back for good. There's no question around it. Um, yeah, we, we pulled out of the UK a couple of years ago now um, and it, it, for all intents and purposes, it wasn't really the right decision. Um, and I think the, the great thing about the company is that they've identified that and said, no, no, there's a whole market there. It was perhaps just the strategy wasn't right for what we were wanting to do. But they then turned around and said, right, okay, if we're going to do it, let's do it properly. Let's invest in the right areas. Let's invest heavily. Let's make sure that we're now a legal entity in the UK, so Visa UK rather than Europe and, and all the things that come with it. And then the big thing is obviously Wigmore Street showroom, which is anybody that knows the location, 27 mm. Wigmore Street, between Boltop and, and Boffy is uh, quite sizable. Showrooms to the stars. It sure Showroom, is, yeah. Show, it's, it's a street to the stars. It, it's it's in my hometown. It's in the centre of London, but it's but it's where the magic happens. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's one of those key locations. But if your journeys took you to the design centre in, in Chelsea Harbour, you know, you've been very close to my part of the world, Fulham. So yeah. Yeah. We've, got you, we've got you down in Sussex by the sea. So let's just start the show just and I'm, I'm Charlie give me a tick I'm sticking to the script look I'm doing the I'm doing the <laughs> let's get to know the guest rather than talking about my football team so let's get to know you Sam so yeah. not from the UK originally we're going to get to know you but before we do we're going to like do a little wave to the family we're going to sure. say hello who are we saying hello to today my beautiful wife Hayley Hayley uh, how you doing my little fur babies Pogo and Major as well and uh, we don't have children so hi mum uh, is she Rogers, Mum? She's Rogers. Yeah. He- hello, Mrs. Rogers. And you know, <laughs> I recruit listeners from any generation. I recruit yeah. animals. I recruit anyone because I think the Foy and Jones show makes it a better world for for every single listener we have. <laughs> but but the the story for you, we were just talking before we off air, really, and you know, we were talking about sport and when people learn, and might have picked it from your accent, like I did in our first conversation. Yeah. But if you if you can see from the accent, you're you're another guest. But you're you're from New Zealand 
originally, yeah. where we had Nathan, who spent some time living there from Virtual Worlds. Yeah. Um, but from your accents, when people look at New Zealand, they think, they think of culture, they think of sport, they think of a healthy lifestyle. You, you are a sportsman. You're a, you, know, you told yeah. me you're a, you're a flanker, or an open side flanker on a rugby pitch, and, a, and an all-rounder on the cricket pitch, Sam. So, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, w- welcome to the show. We're going to talk about sport and your love of sport. But tell us a little bit about your story. How did you ar- arrive in the current role? In the current role, it was um, it was a good few years to get to this point. That's for sure. Um, you know, my career prior to coming to the UK was was a bit all over the place. It was a bit sporadic. Um, I worked for for um, are now a competitor, but I worked for uh, Mila in New Zealand towards the the, the end. There wanted some change and wanted to, to get away from from New Zealand at the time um, for the right reasons to kind of progress forward in, in my life and, and career. Um, so I came to the UK with Mila. Um, which was a, a great opportunity for, for me at the time. Um, had a good number of years with them and, and developed my career from a, an account manager through to, to running the projects mm. division. Um, and then it got to a point where I said, right, I need to do something different. I need, I need change internally. It got to a stage where I was always a big believer. When I very first started at Mila, I remember meeting people who had been there 25, 30 years. And as I was shaking their hand, I was just going, I don't want to be you. I don't want to be here in 25 years because... Yeah. What's the point? What am I learning? It's amazing, though, when you get to that point. And, and I had a conversation this morning with, with, with someone we're working with, and they've made a decision that, you know, and a lot of this, we learned this in lockdown, that if something doesn't feel right and it's perhaps affecting your mental health or it's, it's your work-life yeah. balance is corrupted or you're just not getting out of bed up for it, you make a decision, and, and they've made this decision. And, and I was going back through my career, and I think it was the... The eureka moment for me was the launch of Foyne Jones and it was realising that for that very first time, I didn't want my governor's job. Mm. All all through my career till then, I always wanted that next step up and it was like, don't know if I'm going to enjoy that. And sometimes if you're big enough to recognise it and make a change, you should. I'm going to ask you, have you seen the benefit from making that change? Oh, 100%. Yeah, no no two ways about it. I mean, I I, I joined... Uh, Alif Mila joined Fisher & Paykel, which is a, a brand, even though I'm no longer with them, it's still very close to my heart being a Kiwi. You want to see Fisher & Paykel doing well as a New Zealand brand and, and have very fond memories of, of working with them and against them for a number of years in, in the New Zealand market as well. Um, so joined joined them uh, and working with, with David and the team there, which was fantastic. Um, and David's a great character I t- in the I industry as well. I told you about well. my story about David and I at the uh, at the KBB show. It was yeah. uh, two 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 strange middle aged <laughs> men hugging on the on the zebra crossing in the Birmingham car in the in the NEC Arena car park. Yeah. I mean, what that looked to the outside world, I don't know. But that's an individual who stood up and made a difference during during, during the pandemic. Yeah. And I'd yeah. imagine a, a great guy to work for at the time because it comes through. They're yeah. close to your heart. You've got an affection with them from your time in New Zealand, and you're speaking fondly of them. And that's how it should mm. be, really, shouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We, I always have the view of uh, you know <laughs> we're not we're not mortal enemies. Yeah, you know we're competitors. And if you go from one company to another and, and within the same industry, if they've looked after you, if they've paid you, you haven't had issues working mm. for them from HR or whatever it might be then why shouldn't you have fond memories and still speak of them quite highly? You know, there was a pound of flesh that you gave, but in return you got something for that. Um, and unless it was a complete disaster zone, you should should always be respectful, respectful of that. Um, so, yeah, two brands who are, are strong in the UK and, and obviously in, in New Zealand as well, respectively, 
I'll always speak very highly of them and, and the individuals I worked with there who helped me in my career and, mm. and supported me. Um, and it got to a point where, you know, COVID came along, changed everything for, for pretty much the majority of the world. Mm. Um, and it was it was no different where we were. And it, it got to a point for myself where I was going, okay, look, you, you need to need to start having conversations about what you want to do next. And and by sheer coincidence, just had a conversation with David Knight, who's our, um, our MD for Wieselg in the UK, and he was a sales director for me at Miele. Okay. Um, so for a number of years, I'd worked together with him, and he said, well, look, if if you're interested, there's an opportunity um, within Wieselg, and these, these are our plans, this is what we're looking to do. Um, and it was talking a lot around the brand, coming back, how the, the long-term plan and what that looks like, um, implementing ourselves in the UK market again, Wigmore Street showroom, et cetera, et cetera. And it just looked at it on paper and went, it's no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer in terms of what the brand's doing, the new products that they're bringing to the market, all these great things that they were doing. It, it was an opportunity you couldn't really walk away from. So it was, it was very bittersweet because you're in one hand going, you know, this is, a, this is uh, you know, Fisher & Paykel's a great brand. It's a New Zealand brand. There's natural loyalty there. I grew up with the products. My grandparents had the products, you know, for, for years. Um, but it was too too good an yeah. opportunity to turn down with what the plans are and what they're wanting to do. And So, so, you so you, you've made that decision. It's yeah. an opportunity. It's a life-changing moment. And I, yeah. and I talk about yeah. this all the time we now in the work we do with our recruitment. You know, recruitment, gets bad press it gets you know you are this you are that you know we don't care with this and and actually if you if you find the recruitment partner or a recruiter that actually does it the right way they can help you achieve something life-changing if you're in a job-seeking situation and if you're actually you know looking to attract good people and people that perhaps are not aware of your brand or wouldn't, you know, for example, you know, not every business is going to be lucky as Ben Francis and Gymshark where they're opening around the corner for you. You know, we're recruiting. Okay, he's going to have more than an orderly queue of people wanting to be in that showroom. Other businesses, other brands, they need to kind of showcase themselves to stand out and be attractive. Hmm. Good recruitment partners can help you do that because they're experts, they're specialists. You've, You've 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 done something life changing. You've moved into your role at Visa. So let's explore what what it is you do. You know, yeah. and I love asking people this: What do you do? Like, what do you do every day? Do you, you know, say, talk us for a working day, working week. You know, like your role and the pressures and the opportunities you're involved in. Yeah, it's it's ever changing at the moment as we're continuing to grow. Mm. So it's changing in a very positive way, but uh, you know, no one day is the same. Um, my day can range from simply processing orders and getting down and dirty, rolling your sleeves up um, and doing doing work I've probably never really had to do before um, through to financial reporting, um, all the way through to customer engagement, working with customers, um, yeah, queries, new inquiries, all these things that come through. And then it's the physical getting out in the field, seeing mm. people. You're not going to sell much sitting behind your desk at home. So now we're back out again. You want to be out there seeing it's people really shaking their hands. Oh, I couldn't stand it. I hated it. I hated being at home. I love being at home. I'm quite a homebody in general as a, as an individual. Your, your family are watching this. Just so, just just to remind you. Hello. Yeah, my wife's quite yeah. happy to see me out uh, the door my, in the morning. My, yeah. Mrs. Jones, she's exactly the same. Do you know? Yeah, and, and, and that's probably why during lockdown one, two, and three, I was the lonely business owner taking his dog on the walk to the office. You know, to, to sit in there on my own. So I get it, mate. And 
Yeah. And I'm actually less distracted in a work environment on my own safely yeah. than I am at home. I'm not the best home office worker. Yeah, That's yeah. That's one well, of my weaknesses. We, we, we're very fortunate with, with the house we have, etc. So we, we share an office, which is great, and we've got plenty of room in there, but it's it's the little things where you know, my wife will be, be on, a, on a conference call or in a meeting or something like that, and my phone rings, so you then... I'm, I've got a meeting on Teams or something, so you have to uproot your laptop and everything and go in the other room. But that's about as bad as it gets, really. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it, the role is, is a fantastic role with a great company, to be fair to them, um, with, with phenomenal product to go with it. So it, it is varied, but that's because, as I was saying to you earlier, we're, we're a small, big business. Mm. We're a small business in the UK. That. But, that, that's yeah. another one. Like, like we get so many guests and they, and they give me different things that I take out. But, you know, yeah. like a small, big business, that, that to me immediately makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you've got to understand the the way markets work to get that because you you you're you've got big company support, but you can still move quick and react like a yeah. like small companies can, and that that's really powerful as well, isn't it? Absolutely, and and the benefit we have is Switzerland, obviously where our HQ is, and and Zug, they're, they're extremely supportive of everything we're doing in the UK. So. One, it gives you absolute confidence in what you're doing, first and foremost, and where you want to do something that's maybe a little bit out of the box or a bit different um, to what your competitors are doing to get an edge. You know full well you've got the backing. You know, they're quite happy for you to go and make it relevant for market mm. um, rather than taking a blueprint saying, well, it worked. this worked in Germany, make it work in the UK. They're very much going... Do what's working for you guys. Just mm. make it work. That's essentially what we want you to do. So to have that support and backing from a head office is is phenomenal. Mm. Um, and you can't really ask for much more than that. And then you've got the the backing and support from a mentorship perspective where you could pick the phone up to some quite senior people in the business if, if you ever wanted to or needed to, um, all the way through to that you know, nuts and bolts financial backing, paying for certain things, you know, supporting with Wigmore Street, getting it off the ground setting up our warehousing in Northampton, our training room in Northampton, getting the right people into the team, et cetera. So we've got So it sounds like you're support. following, following my, my, my past. You know, the head office of my first employer, Travis yeah. Perkins, was Northampton. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. and, and the company I worked for before I, uh, before I set Foyne Jones up was, was Sangaban and Juicen. So, yeah. you know, those postcodes are, you know, I, I know the geography. And then you're jumping down into my part of the world, Wigmore Street. Um, yeah. I guess just getting that open, you know, because you were you were talking about this during lockdowns one, two, and three, and you know, <laughs> yeah. so 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 you must have gone through some huge like emotional challenges just to, just in your role during that period. Yeah, huge. For, the, I think the biggest one is huge passion, mm. and then complete flip side of the coin is huge frustration mm. because you know what you've got to offer. You know what you've got to offer is a fantastic product. What we're bringing to the market and how we're doing it is different to what other brands are doing um, and all these things, but you can't physically get out and talk to people about it. You can't physically show product to people because you don't have displays, yeah. whatever it might be. We didn't have the showroom. So there's so many factors that were you know, ups and downs that go with it, which which is hard. That makes it really, really hard. You know, it, it affects your mental health. All these other factors come into it. So you have to constantly try and keep yourself motivated. So, okay, if I've got this great product but I can't actually showcase it to people, what can I do? Mm. How can I network with these people and, and work with them to try and so push let, the brand? let's just pick up on, on the, the Vizog yeah. UK brand. 
offer. And I want you to do something that you probably don't have to do a lot in your, in your day job because I'd imagine most people are aware of you in your conversations you're having. So let's just imagine someone's been parachuted in from, you know, from, from a place where they've not been aware of design trends and fashion and appliances and everything. So how would you bring to life the brand, what you do, the products, you know, just yeah. just take some time to tell people what, what the brand's all about. Bring the products and the brand to life for us. Yeah, the brand, first and foremost, is, is very much a Swiss brand, um, at, very much at its core. Obviously, our head office is there. That's our heritage. We've been, been in existence um, since 1913, so well over 100 years now of, of operation. Um, the great thing about the brand is being Swiss is that I always say to people is we get the best of both worlds. So we have the Germanic side of Switzerland where it's very process-driven, you know, do it this way and you get X result. And then we have the passion and flair and design and everything that comes to the Italian side and you combine the two and you get something quite powerful um, and quite impressive in terms of what you can offer mm. to people. Um, so we get the best of both worlds from that place, first and foremost. But then when we're talking to people, it's very much about you know, Swiss precision. You know, we all know Swiss watches. Everybody knows that. And that's something that we align with in terms of the credibility mm. piece of you know, a, a Swiss-made product. And that's where our product comes from. So we have a couple of factories in Switzerland, and, and one in Zug and uh, another in Arborn with a, with a third opening um, shortly. So we try and retain as much of that Swissness as we possibly can. But then when we go and kind of peel back the layers a little bit further in terms of design, how the product is designed, and we have an amazing design team um, headed up by uh, a guy called Martin von Frieden, and he designed our new range, which is Excellence Line. Mm. Um, And there's little detail that is is separating us from our competition in terms of our mirror finish. Uh, Nobody has a mirror finish on their product. Three colour options in that range. Um, through to the control panel. Now, the control panel is the same all the way through the range. Now, whether you buy our entry-level product, our V2000, you know, it's not exactly a bargain basement oven, but if you look at our entry-level oven, all the way through to our top-end V6000, every bell and whistle you could throw into an oven or steam oven, the physical look is exactly the same all the way through. And the point behind that was we don't want to be a brand that's dictating to people, well, if you want this, you then have to pay more because it's, it's going to have this look to it and you want everything to look the same. You don't want, want it to look beautiful. Our design team very much said, well, we don't want to do that. It's up to the consumer what they actually want and the, what they're actually using it for. So if somebody is only going to do you know, a pizza at 180 degrees on fan – then they don't need every bell and whistle, but they want that look and feel that they're getting with the appliances. So, and, and, design's and, I, a big and I genuinely think, you know, if you look at way, the way the, the the consumer purchases now, you know, and and I look at and I talk to so many KPB business owners and retailers, you know, the, your customers, I talk to them, and they're yeah, like, yeah. you know, it, it, it is a lifestyle purchase, it's a fashion purchase, it's a convenience purchase. So, if you're looking at, you know, and we we'll go through some of your other products, but you go through those ranges, if they all look look best in class or they've all got something that fits yeah, yeah you, you you're covering different different angles aren't, aren't you but the look is it's everything now isn't it because you want it you want things to um and that that came through through and we will come on to the 
the KBB show. So it was only it was only a week or so ago. But if we come into kind of what you offer, it that that's something you're proud of, I guess. But mm. what else would yeah, we see if we walked round your new showroom in Wigmore Street? Yeah, you'd see or a when little... Charlie and I walk round the, the new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome anytime. Absolutely anytime. We um, yeah, you'd see our breadth of range that we have, yeah. and I think that's probably the biggest thing that I didn't appreciate. Certainly when I joined the business, is people only really knew us for our ovens and, and steamers, and that was about it. Maybe some warming drawers, but we cover all bases of that kitchen appliance range: dishwashers, hobs, refrigeration, mix and size in terms of what we offer, um, wine. Yeah, it, it, it's covering all bases in terms of what you need in your kitchen. So there's nothing that we're really missing from mm. that. And I think that's the big thing is that when they walk into the showroom, first and foremost, it's not an appliance showroom. We, uh, Gabrielle, who is the guy um, who designed the showroom, very much didn't want that look. He wanted it to be more of a lifestyle feel to it. So when you walk in, you have a very design-focused showroom, but you can, you can visualize, okay, yeah, I could see that in my home. You know, I, mm. could, I could see that in my kitchen. So you don't have banks of appliances, you know, walls where it's just let's start at our entry level ABC, and go through. D, yeah, yeah. It, it's completely I'm different. B. I'm bored by being that yeah. type of like, who, Okay, who cares? Yeah. Yeah, great. It, it, the consumer doesn't buy that way. They buy on how it looks and how it feels. It's not necessarily about, okay, in this oven you're getting X, Y, and Z and you come up here and, and so on and so forth. You've got to inspire customers, especially at our end of the market. It's, okay, we have very, very strong competition, so what sets us apart? And that's one of the big things is that when they walk into that showroom – it's not an appliance showroom. It has a much more, as I say, a lifestyle feel to it. So they can see, they can visualise what they're going to have at home, but see the variety of off, of products that we have on offer, whether that be a general consumer all the way through to property developers that, that we're working with as well, um, that they can they can cover all bases with, with our brand, but have a variety that sits within that, not just one dishwasher and and one mm. oven, but you've got op- options there. If you want something that's a little bit higher spec, you've got that. Um, whatever products you, you, you want to go for. So the vast range that we have available is, is certainly, I think, one of the biggest highlights. Um, but as I say, the, just the look and feel, it, it gives – the benefit for us is it gives across that luxury feel of what the brand is mm. but in a very approachable way. So the door is open. It's not, it's not locked. First and foremost, um, it was when we first opened, but we've we've got that fixed now, um, and that's very much because we want people to come in. But but you know what that that I think is is a really valid point because you know if you look at some of the the the, the desirable department stores, you know you can sometimes feel intimidated about walking yeah. into a Harrods, a Selfridges, a Harvey Nichols, and then if you certainly do the Sloan Street and you do there, and you you know you might you might want to window shop for a new handbag or a pair of shoes, you know they're, they're all there, aren't they? Yeah. You know, sometimes you get eyed up before you even walk in, and you're thinking like, you know, is is for for a lot of people, you know, the investment they're making there is properly significant it's huge. And, and sometimes yeah, it's huge. not always for the right reason you know it's it's yeah. a it's, it's a it's a purchase which is means something to them once you're in the experience is normally very good yeah but but sometimes you know you can you can lose it on that that moment of truth as you walk through the door so if you've yeah. got uh if you've got an approach in a in a showroom which is really lending itself to being a lifestyle led and luxury and fashion and there uh, you've got to, you've got to kind of open the doors and, and get people in and, and manage it the 
the best way. You know, that's yeah. um, that that's that's got to be a challenge. But it's, you've got a, you've got a good team you put together there. Haven't you? Make, you're yeah. talking ages. I mean, you're, 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 you're passionate about this showroom, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and the team that we've got there are second to none. They're brilliant. Mm. We're we're really fortunate. It took a long time to to find the right individuals, but we we wanted to take our time with that. Um, we've got uh, Alicia Hill, who is a showroom manager there. She's young. Hello, Alicia. She Hello, Alicia. Yeah, of course she is. She will be now. Listen to everyone. Yeah, she will be now. So she, uh, yeah, so she's doing a fantastic job in terms of, of setting the showroom up, putting the right procedures in place, but also the right um, expectations. I mean, what praise Alicia's got there. You she's know, great, yeah. You know, she's th- a great addition. That's brilliant. So, so, yeah. so, but, but you need someone there. If they've got the passion and they're really up for it, that's what you need, isn't it? Yeah. Without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And th- I always go back to when I was uh, you know, a camp manager, you know, Walking around London, knocking on doors, uh, you know, trying to get into showrooms. And Happy old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good old days. Yeah. yeah, and but the thing was, is I would walk into some of these showrooms, even as as a rep, essentially, yeah. and would often feel not welcome. And yeah. you would have a pre-booked appointment. It's not just walking in off the yeah. street. And I always, it always sat in the back of my head, and I always thought, imagine if you're a consumer. I'm supposed to be here. Uh, I you had know, an it's, experience, it's weird. and, and, I, and it, I, I can't name it because it's a very bad experience, but I had experience yeah. with, with a business that we were considering working with each other. And um, so we, I'm talking to the owner. So it's owner to owner, cat chat. You know, this, yeah. isn't, this isn't a pitch. This is, this is something. And he was like, you know, like, can you hurry up? Because I've, I've got things to do. Like, I, I, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you want to partner with me to find you, to attract you the best the best showroom staff in your postcode yep. right? or when it can be well to your postcode. And you've made me feel horrible. Like you've just spoke to me like I'm a piece of dirt. I'm not worthy of this conversation. Yep. Sorry. Like if that's a snapshot of how you can turn, because up until that moment it was all nice and, you know, yep. I'm like, we don't want to play. No. And, and I pride myself in, in with our recruitment offer doing the right thing. I pride myself in that. So we look for transparency. We look for a partnership. We look for creativity. If it feels bad at the start, it's gone. Yep. And if you are bringing your experiences, it's a great way to end the first half, first half of the show, but if you're, if you're bringing your experiences as when you felt like that, mm. how people made you feel, into your showroom, making anyone who roots for your doors walks through your doors, feel better, feel inspired, feel feel yeah. like they want to be part of it, you're making a massive difference. Sam, Absolutely. brilliant first half of the podcast. It's flying by. Cool. It always does. People can't believe it. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk cricket and rugby to find nice. out some of your influences growing up. Awesome. We'll look back at the KBB show, some takeaways, yep. some things and moments there, and I'm going to ask you to inspire the next generation of Sam Rogers is. Wow. All right? What can we be doing to attract more talent in the industry? Cool. We'll do that after the break. Nice one. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, are you ready? The digital revolution is no longer a spectator sport. It's game on. The magical art of storytelling is the future. Social, content, branding, podcasts, video marketing and virtual 360 tours. This is Jones Digital. This 
So, what a brilliant podcast. Sam, we're going to start the second half just by talking about your evening in Brighton, mate. You, <laughs> I know you was hanging out in Chelsea Harbour with the trendies, all right? Yeah. But you spent the night in Brighton, mate. Did you get out and about last night? It was raining quite hard, wasn't it? It was last night. The Sahara Sam was about as well. I don't yeah, know yeah that... I read about that. I didn't quite see it, but it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was great to get out. I, lo- yeah. I love I, what a great thing with my job is I get to travel a lot. Yeah. Um, and you get to go to a lot of different cities and places. So I always like to try and stay in, in the city itself and go for a wander in the, in the evening or the morning or something. Did and you find get something out last night itself? Yeah, managed to get out, went for a bit of a wander around. Um, was pretty hungry at one point. I'm trying to stay healthy, so um, plenty of places I walk past, plenty of craft beer <laughs> places and big craft, craft that, beer that, drinkers. That, that, so. is bright, that is bright and that, yeah. is, that is the scene. But um, strangely this morning, as I was running along the beach, probably seven or eight miles, you know, that way toward, yeah. towards East Sussex, you was enjoying the, the Brighton Beach yeah. and, and this yeah. morning. So Beautiful. there you go. That's a great way to wake up and bring us to the show. And I yeah. guess, took, and you said, said this on the, on, on the before the show, took you back to kind of growing up in the beach back in New Zealand. So yep. just wh- where are you from in New Zealand? Wellington originally, yeah. so I'm very much a Wellingtonian, but grew up in, in Auckland. Wellingtonian. Very, very proud. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, proud, proud to be yeah. Wellington. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, grew up in Auckland. Unfortunately, we're called Jaffers in Auckland. Okay, which uh, I can't really say on the podcast what that means. But well, yeah, we can yeah. work that. Out. I think you can yeah, figure we, it out. We can yeah, work yeah. that out. Yeah. So, so New Zealand is you know is somewhere I I always wanted to go. There, there's a yeah. certain little cricket pitch which you know it's on the it's on the coast. And when yeah. I'm like, I just want to watch a game of cricket there. I don't, I don't even care who's playing. I just <laughs> I just it just looks yeah. unbelievable. And my wife and I are talking about. It. We're like, well, do we go straight? I'm not been either. And I and we're kind of both voting for New Zealand actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but who who knows that. That's for the future. But growing, growing up as a Wellingtonian, um, yeah. we can't not talk about cricket and rugby because they're the, they're the two sports. And, and I mentioned it before. The uh, you know some of the some of the best one of the best business books I, I've read is about the All Blacks. You mm. know, and you yeah. know Legacy. It's, it's an amazing book, and yeah. there's so much sense come out of it. Who were your influences? Because you played both sports to a good level. To a good level. Let's say cricket to a good level. Uh, cricket was okay. Cricket was okay. You know, decent at school level. Um, rugby a little bit further with that, which was good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the big thing for me was always the two two rugby players. I yeah. always always looked at Jonah. Number yeah. one, without without question, he was he was my hero as a kid. Still to this day, yeah. I know he's passed away, but I've got a picture on my wall of, of when I met him because he's, uh, he's he's an ama- he was an amazing guy. And um, the second one was Christian Cullen. Mm. And they were both, I think the big thing with them where I try and draw a lot of inspiration from is obviously very, very successful in what they did, um, completely at the top of their game, but extremely humble with what they're doing as well. So you can be the best yeah. in whatever it is you're doing, but you always should be extremely humble I, in what at, you do. I met in a school playground in Fulham, Sean Fitzpatrick. I, he, he went to my school. Right, so, so, so yeah, I met him. Nice guy. He, he moved to, he lived in Fulham, right? You know, his yeah. daughter, he's, I mean, this is... I mean, he won't remember meeting me, right? But <laughs> but his his daughter was in the same nursery class as, right. as my son, like, or or year year infant whatever reception, you know. And he was just genuinely, I I just was like, wow, he's just a nice guy. And then someone said, you know, that is. I'm like, no, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm a footballer, you know, no, no, you know. It's um, and they explained who he was. I'm like. Wow, yeah, like, yeah. you know, amazingly nice person, and, and and again, you know, I see that he's kind of doing some work with Juicing at the moment, and yeah. you know, he's at their conference yeah. and stuff, and and I don't think he remembers meeting me in the in the playground in Fulham, but but, but, but what I would say is that there is a there is a humbleness about about 
professional sports people from New Zealand and a humbleness about the leadership that that really does transcend, I think. Um, you know, I've got no links at all to, to New Zealand, but if they're playing cricket, not against England, I kind of want them to win. Yeah, yeah, Same as yeah. they're playing rugby, not against England, I kind yeah. of want them to win, and it's just something there. Don't fill that with Australia. No disrespect to all, <laughs> our, all our Australian listeners. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, but, but it is that. So, so that was, your, so that was your, your rugby influences. What yep. about your cricket influences? Cricket influences, there was, a, there was a good couple. When I was very, very small, I remember um, Ian Smith, who's now a commentator, he was a brilliant wicketkeeper, etc. Richard Hadley was, mm. was certainly one. Um, but as I kind of grew up, it became people like Danny Morrison, Chris Cairns. He was always mm. on, on the scene. Um, but there was always a guy, he was, he was a brilliant all-rounder, which was um, Chris Harris. Um, and I just remember watching him as a kid. Always just, I couldn't wait to see him bowl, couldn't mm. wait to see him bat. And he was kind of the old, he looked like the old man of the team. He looked like he was 40, but he was in his 20s. Yeah. Um, you know, receding hairline and everything that goes with it. But he was just a brilliant player, brilliant all-rounder. And again, extremely, extremely humble as, as all the guys were. But he was probably the one that, yeah, that I kind of always loved watching on, mm. on the TV. Never got to meet him. Would love to obviously meet him one day, but I met a couple of cricketers al- along the way as a kid growing up and you'd always be down on the boundary with a you know, little piece of paper yeah. and a you know, pen or something. Well, I think for me, a if, I, if I look at, you know, both my boys play cricket, still play cricket to, to a pretty decent to a kind of county level or, or you know, minor county level in terms of uh, they, they play, play, play very well. The younger one was, was playing a very high standard growing up. But um, my eldest boy was like opening the bowling for, for a men's team in like Division 4 Sussex when he was like 13, you know. And it, was yeah. a, it was so inclusive and so fantastic for them to, to experience. That, mm. but but I think um, I've loved the sport not really as a player, you know, not not as someone there, but as a fan. Yeah. Um, and McCullum kind of changed the whole game, didn't he? Yeah, he changed yeah. the whole game. And my boys talk about that. They're like, he changed everything. Yeah, you know, we're going to be the best fielders, the best bowlers, the most aggressive. We're going to attack, attack. Yeah. That that was phenomenal. And you must take a lot of pride that, that that's came from you know New Zealand outwards in a way. Yeah, massively. I mean, McCullum, yeah, as you say, he changed the game as as a player, but then as a, as a leader as well. You know, as, as a New Zealand yeah. captain and, and how how the New Zealand team conduct themselves, um, both on the pitch and off the pitch. And as you say, you know, the ball's racing to the boundary. It's probably going to go to go for four. Who cares? Chase it down to yeah. the second it goes over the boundary, whether you're near it or not. You just absolutely hound that ball down. And, and, and flick it back and let and someone else... Yeah, I mean, do whatever you, know, you need to do. And then do, you yeah. see the youngsters now doing that. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And, it's, uh, yeah. and by youngsters, I don't mean youngsters on the telly. I mean the youngsters in their local clubs are, yeah. are bringing that into play now, aren't they? It's amazing. And so. it's one of those things, I think we, we take huge pride, New Zealand, in terms of when, when we are on the world stage. If you look at you know, cricket, rugby, whatever it might be, the Olympics, Winter Olympics, all these things, we always take huge pride because there's only, what, I think it's 4.7 million of mm. us um, but we've won the Rugby World Cup three times we we drew the Cricket World Cup with England we just certainly didn't lose it yeah Ben Stokes would disagree wouldn't he yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> but you know and, and then obviously the World Test Championship yeah. uh, last year um, but yeah we're up against some game know, that one we drew yeah that oh, was some game you yeah. drew yeah. do you know where I watched that yeah. out of all places I watched that in an Irish bar in Barcelona oh really yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, it's a completely ridiculous place to be watching a cricket final <laughs> but Harry Charlie knows he works here my oldest boy massive cricket fan but he was living yeah. in Barcelona um, so, so we was out to see him and my wife and she was like well you still watch it so like, she's unbelievable <laughs> yeah. but, but what a game and, and I, yeah. I guess you know with 
with world events, and we we touched on the world events in in Ukraine in the last podcast, and you know we are still standing with Ukraine. It yeah. it gets worse Absolutely. every day rather than better. We just got to hope and pray there's a solution. But mm. something in the world of cricket, which kind of it didn't go under the radar. It, it came up into the radar. Was the passing of Shane Warne? You know, yeah, it was, yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I I spoke about this on one of my LinkedIn updates that. Years ago, I used to spend a lot of time in Malaga on my bear, and um, I was on a flight back from Malaga to Gatwick, and literally I bumped into him in the queue. Like yeah. he was queuing up on the BA flight, and we both had, we were both went into like the lounge, and I had a drink with him and chat. He signed a couple of things for my boys. Um, we walked to the plane together, but he turned into the first class, and I went the other way, and that was the yeah. that was the end of our friendship. But he was an amazing man, and I guess. Someone who transcended sport for his sheer personality and a willpower and mm. a, a great loss and only 52. Yeah, yeah. It, it shocked me, completely shocked me. I remember it coming through. It was at Wigmore Street show when the yeah, Sky News came through. And I went home that night and it was the, I think it was the night before. It's one of those weird things. The night before I was staying away and I saw there was a new Amazon Prime documentary on him. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll watch that at some point and save it to my watch list. And then obviously the next day he passed away. It's one of those weird it things was, that kind of I, I happens. Was, it was my wife's birthday. We was up yeah. in Fulham. We was going out for lunch with her mum and, and her sister and her sister-in-law. And it was like we was we was there. So I was off work that day, and it came through on my phone. Mm. And I'm like, mm. oh, yeah, like, yeah, what? Yeah. And I kind of was speechless. And they go, "You're right." I said, "Well, no." And I don't know him. Yeah. You know, yeah. But it was like you, you've lost someone. You know. Then my oldest boy is texting me. Yeah. Then my brother-in-law's texting me. Then my mates are texting me. Then later that evening when he when he came, my youngest was texting me. And it was like, wow, it kind of just, just had that, not just against sport, but beyond sport. And I yeah. think that, um, you know, God rest his soul and, 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 and you're there. But it does show you how fragile life is. And uh, yeah. I think if we go back to, you know, you look at your li- the lifestyle showroom and you look at everything we're trying to achieve and what you do, you know, we, we, we work to live. You know, mm, uh, mm. We, we, you know, we work to live. It shouldn't be you live to work. And, and yeah. I think there it is something which we, we, all, need to, we all need to think about. But mm. um, you're still playing cricket? I'm, I'm presuming you're not playing rugby. I mean, you might prove me wrong and say you're out there at it. But No, I'm too, I'm too small and too unfit now for rugby. <laughs> this is a simple answer, really. Um, Isn't there I'd, a room for to. a little scrum off in like a vet <laughs> yeah. team sort of thing? Probably. I think when, by the I'm time we get to... I'm not by the way. No, but, no, yeah. that's fine. I won't take it personally. Yeah. By, the, by the time we get to kind of golden oldies, um, or whatever, whatever it is over here. Yeah, very much seniors. Then maybe I'll, I'll yeah. slip, slip the boots back on. I'm an official on, vet. Yeah, yeah, I could, yeah, I, yeah. The, one of the greatest moments, Charlie, was when I qualified to play vets football. All of a sudden, I could do people for pay. So I was the <laughs> fittest person on the pitch again. That was that, that was a moment yeah. rather than trying to chase around the young boy band that I couldn't yeah. get anywhere near in the in the sort of the, the. I mean, you wouldn't have heard of it. It was Mid Sussex Division Ten. I think I was playing oh, no, at no, the no, time. Yeah, um, yeah. We didn't quite make Sky Sports, but <laughs> but look, let, let's get back onto the main 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 topic of the, uh, the podcast. Um, and I'm not brushing away from your, your cricket and your rugby yeah, career. Yeah. But I want to talk about your role as head of sales at Vizug and get your feedback on the first KBB show since the pandemic when we got back together again. How did you find the, how did you find the show and, and the, the experience in itself? Yeah, I, I think first and foremost it was good to it was good to get back out again. 
and actually go to a show and actually a trade show and see people that you probably haven't seen for a while, old colleagues and partners you work with, et cetera, et cetera. So that that was great from a networking perspective. Um, I went on the Tuesday and and we felt as though the show was was a little bit quieter than probably what it was. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of, yeah, I saw a couple of partners bumped into them and, um, yeah, there was there was some pretty long faces that morning, <laughs> that morning that's for sure. But um yeah, it was it was it was good show. I think it was good for the industry. I think one of the things I'd love to see more of is more innovation, you know, coming through from mm. the brands. Now, I know that the last couple of years have been challenging. I'm not sitting there pointing fingers saying you haven't done much, but I just think it it's one of those things we work in a phenomenal industry that has constantly reinvented itself and it was just one of those things where i felt as though it's great to get out it's great to have the show it's good to see people out supporting one another in the industry but alongside that it would have been great to have seen um, a lot more innovation come through in terms of whether that be appliances kitchens bathrooms etc etc across the 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 full piece um but that's just yeah that's just me being honest but but that's your personal view and i'm going to concur with some of that charlie and i were hanging out and uh charlie was doing some amazing videography and and music work on the on the monday so we were he was with cameras and kit and and i did my best to interrupt that and make it as difficult as possible (laughs) for him um but i i met people that i hadn't had the chance to meet before i met people i hadn't seen for a couple of years um, it was really good for me and, and the business and the brand to, to, to get about. I thought that there was some pockets of absolute excellence yeah. where, you know, they've nailed it. The products have nailed it. They're buzzing. The stands are busy. They're buzzing. You could see that. At times, as I travelled around, I was quite underwhelmed at times and there was, you know, that's no one's fault, but some of the stands lack the engagement or they lack the passion. And, you know, I think... Yeah. I think I'm kind of my own de- worst enemy because I'm always looking to to engage and inspire and have passionate conversations. That if it isn't replicated, you kind of well, I'm gonna move on maybe. But but I think for the industry, it was a huge huge tick because yep. we yep. got back together again and we saw we saw good brands and good businesses represented. Uh, yeah, at times perhaps there was there was areas areas that that could do better. But that's the same in any. In any environment, in any arena, and you're all looking Absolutely. for something that's, something that's right for you. If I was asked, and I probably should be asked, and I probably need to give this feedback as a visitor, what my takeaways were, I would say I got to meet fantastic people. Yep. I smiled. It made me feel good. I met some new people I've not met before. How on earth would I have achieved that in one day? Exactly. Uh, and that's where you go. Do you know what? That was special. And I also yeah. got to present the sponsor of this podcast, Marcel Creasy from <laughs> MHK Holding UK. I got to present him a Fulham Football Club shirt with Johan Chorus number 14 on the back. <laughs> he was as happy as if I'd have gave him the winning golden ticket for the lottery. So, yeah, so that I made bet. it worthwhile. And um, yeah, we will definitely go back again. Mm. And uh, yep. Charlie's putting some amazing stuff together for Nathan and his business as well. So so we are we are gonna 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 carry on now from the KBB show and, and talk about the industry. Yep. Very quickly, Sam, how do you see the market shaping out for the rest of this year? It's, it's, it, I, there's no two ways about it. It's challenging. Um, I think no matter what sector you sit in, whether it be straight kitchens, appliances, um, you know, taps, showers, etc., there's challenges ahead mm. in terms of, I th- for us, first and foremost, where we sit is, is around supply. You know, um, we've been okay. We're not too bad. I know some are suffering more than, than others, um, but we're not immune. 
And I think if we're we're feeling it, then other bigger brands that are going through it, uh, there's no two ways about it. And I think that'll last for the rest of the year and things will come back. I think the other challenge that will come is around cost price increases um, that will naturally, I think, flow through. We're seeing well, it in every other part of our up. life. Everything's going up. Yeah, yeah, everything's going up. So there's no reason why our industry... I tried our, to fill my industry. car up today. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to have enough money on my car. I'm like, please, please <laughs> yeah. stop, stop. But, yeah. I mean, we, we can't... So, so, so overview, snapshot, hold your nerve, ride it out. Yep. There's, 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 there's demand there, there's need there. Build relationships. And I think from your perspective, yeah. you said something really special. Work with the right partners. Yep. You know, be, become part of the yeah, become a partnership and become part of the journey. Yep, yep, very much that. You know, work with partners. Yeah. We call them partners rather than accounts, and it's specifically for the reason that it needs to be a partnership. Brilliant. So much more limited in terms of our distribution, but we're working with the right people and engaging with the right people. And it's very much about if they've got something they need from us, then we can we can throw it their way and, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, and that's what will get us through this next kind of you know, we'll have a month, nine months or so we've got and left of the year. And after what we have been through since, yep. since, since March, you know, 2020, we will get through. Yeah, yeah, you know, We absolutely. will get through. Yeah. We've done lockdown one, two and three. We've done a pandemic. We've done Brexit. We'll do what's coming next. And yeah. uh, Sam, genuinely, I mean, you know, you, you've stayed in Brighton last night, so you're fully immersed into what, yeah. what this studio and location's about. It's, it's good here, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's great. We kind, we, kind, we kind of bring it to life, but... Lo- love the visa story, love the, the cricket and the rugby and yeah. kind of just, just bringing to life everything you've got going on at Wigmore Street. I, I don't think there's a listener listening to this who, who would not want to kind of experience it and pop in and the, the doors are open now, Absolutely. aren't they? So, yep. so that's exciting. What I'd like to do, and I mentioned it before the break, is we are very passionate at the Foyne Jones Recruitment Group. We're very passionate at Jones Digital. We're very passionate with our partners to inspire the next generation of professionals. We want our industry, the KBB industry, the builders, merchant industry, the construction industry, to kind of stand up above the parapet and go, do you know what? We can offer you, one of the listeners here right now, an amazing career. You can go from junior level to senior level. You can do yeah. marketing, business development, leadership, showroom. There's, there's so many pathways. Um, if you were talking to a young Sam Rogers, you know, <laughs> who, was, who, who perhaps wasn't going to make it as a, as a pro rugby player or a pro cricketer and yeah. you're looking at the beginning of that journey, what advice would you give to your younger self and the next generation of KBB professionals looking for an opportunity at the moment? How can they stand out to you? I think the biggest thing is own what you do and own what you do well. So what I mean by that is very much you can't be, you can't be an expert at everything. But there'll be something that you're really good at, something that you can hone in on. And it's about grabbing that and actually using it to its absolute potential and squeezing everything else you can out of it. Because you, as you develop your career, you'll learn other things. You'll make mistakes along the way, and that's good because that's all part of learning. You have to make mistakes. But there'll be that core thing that you know you can do really well and you can really own as part of your your development and your career. And whether that be design, whether that be account management, whether that be the financial side, um, installation is a huge, I know in, in previous podcasts you've spoken about that gap. So whatever it is, if you're a hands-on person, guy, girl, whatever it might be, maybe installation's for you and you can learn that trade as I've you go. I've got something very big and I've got a big, I'm not going to, I can't, I'll be, I'll be told <laughs> off, but we, we're announcing something big to 
try and help address well to help address that gap right. it's with what Damien and Stephen are doing and um, yep. we're bringing we're bringing some of our magic into that and that's something we're big on so yeah. so so what you're saying in a way is kind of is kind of niching down yeah. f- finding what you're about as a person and focus on that and and I guess believing in yourself that that's something isn't Absolutely. it Absolutely that's the biggest thing because you're always going to have people around you above you whatever it might be that are going to chip away that are going to shoot you down, that are going to tell you you've done this wrong or you should have done it this way or whatever it might be. Thanks for your advice, man. Like, yeah. great. Yeah, I, 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 how's I, that helping I, 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 That's such a Kiwi, isn't it? It's like, I mean? Thanks, man. I'm cheers, right. I'm going to do it my way. But, but uh, <laughs> Charlie's loving that. No, he's loving that. But, 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 you know, I say to my team, and I've said this in other episodes, I make more mistakes than all of them put together mm. times 10 every single week. Like every single yeah. day, probably. Yeah. Um, but I got encouraged at a very young age from some very influential people in my life, to, in my working life, um, almost father figures, because I never had that. So, so that was kind of people that I really, like, you can say, sorry, have a go. You yeah. know, like, yep. try it. If you don't shoot, you don't score. If you don't put your hand up and take a penalty, you're not going to put it in there. And it was almost like, yeah, you can learn by your mistakes. You can recognise different things. I also believe, for me, that surrounding yourself with people that are more talented than you, who've got different skills, like that man there, Charlie Hooler, and the team I work with, makes a difference. Sounds like you've done that in your yeah. showroom. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. That advice you said there, you know, it might be I tap you up to pick you up and talk to some younger people that want to yeah, come to the sector. Yeah, I'd love to. More than happy to. People love to. You, if you are spoke at, you don't listen. But if you're yep. involved and you're engaged and there's a and there's a conversation and people can see a real journey, yep. you know, that's that's something empower, empowering and uh, that's some advice we can get to the to the next generation. Love to. So we're coming to a close, Sam. Anything you want to say to our listeners on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube? Thanks for coming on to the show. We're going to see it with Bushy, but anything yeah. you want to finish the show on from your perspective? Um, I think the biggest thing for, for us, you know, if we go back to, to, to the brand side of things and, and the Visa world side of things, is we are trying to be different. We're, we're, we're trying to be different to our competitors and what we're, what we're bringing and how we're bringing it. So not just the appliances, but how we're actually bringing it to the market. Is we're not being dictatorial. We want to work with people. We're not going to demand X amount from them. It's very much about working with them. But if we go back to more of that personal side, it's about being a person, you know, about being humble, about talking with people and engaging and, and, and shaking hands and having a coffee and chatting about how the business is going and all these things. So it's not – we don't want just transactions. We want, we want really strong partnerships that will help develop and build our, our future here in the UK. Genuinely, Sam, thank you. That's a great no, ending. No, it's to great show. to be. Your your approach and, and your your way about you. Yeah. It remi- I'm going back to that book, Legacy. It reminds yeah. me, you know, d- don't be a dick. You know, don't you're, be a dick. You're, yeah, you're yeah, as yeah. strong as your 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 weakest member of the team. You're yep. as you know, and that and yeah. that that on the field, on the field, off the field, attitude to training, attitude to life, attitude to your family. That's yeah. come through, mate. You've been a brilliant, brilliant great. guest. So thanks for being part of the show. Thanks, Before man. we wrap up, Charlie. Um, I've got to say hello and thank you to our sponsor, Marcel. I, I know wherever he is in Europe, he's wearing his Fulham shirt. In my mind, he is anyway. <laughs> All right, But they're brilliant sponsors to the show. Without MHK Holding UK, we don't have a podcast. So big shout out to them. Um, in the episode that we are recording next week, oh, I'm so excited. It's the Charlie Hula Show. We're getting Charlie from that side of the camera to this side of the episode. He's been talking about the Charlie Hula World Tour, the music he's been making, and the brilliant work he's been doing at Jones Digital. Can't wait to record that episode, and that's going to be coming soon. Um, 
Thank you so much. That brings to a close episode 17 of the Foyne Jones Jones Show season five, where we've got back to business. I've got a few words to say at the end. To the people of Ukraine, we're still standing with you and our thoughts and prayers are with you that hopefully we can bring this conflict to conclusion as soon as possible because it's uh, it's what the world wants and yeah. hopefully you know we will get some common sense. So stand with Ukraine. That's the end of the Foyne Jones Show. We will see you next episode. Thank you. <laughs>